It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, we are on the eve of Summer League, and we could not be any more excited about that. But first, there is more news. It's been a big week for the Bucks, and we actually found out the details of the Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez contract today because all those signings became official. AJ Green on the main roster. What does that mean for the Bucks? We're going to discuss that, and then we'll take a look at some of the players to watch in Las Vegas. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network. One of the only men in the city of Milwaukee, not at Summerfest tonight because he cares about this podcast far too much. It's Justin Garcia. Uh, and as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday. And look, when the big games roll around, you know we're going to do weekend podcasts. So we'll be here tomorrow as well for a post game podcast for the Summer League opener for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Adrian Griffin opener. Some of the rookies that we're looking forward to seeing. I know people are going to be excited about this. I'm excited about that. So we're going to chat about it after as well. So subscribe to Locked On Bucks. Uh, drop a comment, uh, like, follow, leave a rating or review or whatever you need to do wherever you're listening or consuming the show. We appreciate it. It's free to do uh, and really does help us. I know I say that every day, but it is very, very help, uh, helpful. It boosts us to the top of uh, rankings and all those types of things and more people get to see the show and be a part of it as well so as i mentioned heaps to get through but i want to start with the two big names that we were following uh, right through this free agency period here justin that is chris milton and brooke lopez so we did get to uh, the date today where everything becomes official so while we've already broken down what it means and discussed and we've had the rough idea of the numbers for the contract you know ultimately frank madden was pretty well on the money discussing the chris middleton deal about how this might come about wondering what the total cap figure was actually going to be and whether there was any incentives that did push this deal uh, over the $100 million mark. And that was the case. And uh, Bobby Marks has all the details. If you want to check out Bobby Marks' uh, Twitter there and, and social media, he has the, the numbers year on year. But ultimately, if we start with Chris Milton, before you get into some, some unlikely incentives, you're talking about a cap hit of $29.3 uh, million for this season. And then there's a little bit over $2 million of unlikely incentives, not sure what they are at this point in time. But, you know, I know we said it at the time, but you look at that and you look at some of the other deals that are out there, a $29 million cap hit for the Bucks. if you had said that was going to be the case going back a couple of weeks ago, you probably would have felt pretty comfortable that the Bucks would have been in a position to use that uh, taxpayer mid-level that we discuss so often 
not the case because of Brook Lopez. We'll get to that. But overall, I just it's just a very friendly deal. I know people are still going to complain about it, but to me, it's just good business. It was um, it was great business for the Bucks, and um, the fact that look, you can you can take issue with the the player option two in year three. Um, but as we've talked about a number of times, this is really a two-year window. So now you have that entire group lined up together, uh, basically with Giannis's option, with Chris's option, and then the remaining years for uh, for Drew and Brooke, although one of those is an option for Drew. But nonetheless, your core four is there for two years. That's the good part. The cap figure that you alluded to is the even better part where you thought, man, you know, to to decline a $40 million player option, we knew – Ideally, Chris is going to take less, but I think, you know, Frank was on these numbers, but many of us thought, I don't know, like if you could get him for low 30s at worst, 34 million is is what you're looking at of, hey, take a little less and we'll give you some more years. So to come in at the number that that you came in it is a home run for the Bucks, And then the other shoe dropped where the the pesky Houston Rockets just would not relent in their pursuit of Brooke Lopez and uh, who knows, maybe there were other suitors, but that ultimately more than anything is what drove up the price tag. I, I think you go back and I know we haven't gotten to Brooke yet, but weeks ago before free agency started, a few people thought, well, is Brooke Lopez going to be a $20 million guy? Like, are we going to get close to 20 million annually for Brooke? I think that was still thought of, well, that's too much. He might be in the high teens, so that number, as, as free agency began to unfold, it, it remains staggering. But, you know, everything. Brooke has certainly proven his worth. When you look back at his initial deal with the Bucks, taking incremental raises after that and the year that he turned in last year, he certainly earned it. It just wasn't what you expected. And the number that we kept on discussing over the last few weeks, because I, I think most of us figured that, Brooke Lopez and Chris Milton were going to come back. Or or certainly, if you're a Bucks fan, regardless how you feel about those two players, because of the, the, the lack of flexibility, you at least needed to sign those guys and ensure that you had the talent on the roster. And who knows what happens down the road in a year's time or two years' time. But bringing them back was clearly goal number one entering the offseason. But the number you know, combined was around the 49 mark, $50 million mark. If you wanted to leave enough room to potentially sign Jay Crowder to... Uh, a one or two year deal, whatever it is, and then maybe still use that mid level. And so, if you had just said, uh, like I mentioned before, that Middleton, the cap pit was around 29, 30 ish, I would just say, okay, we're in a pretty good spot here to potentially make another signing. Now, you mentioned the Houston Rockets. There was also the other deals to centers across the league, whether it was Jakob Pertl and Nikola Vucevic. Yeah. There was a couple of names in there that, that got some big money. And if I'm Brooke Lopez, I'm sitting back and saying, well, okay, I had, a better, I had a better season than all of those guys. I don't give a stuff how old I am. I'm not getting paid less than those guys, even though I love the Bucks, I love this group, I want to come back. Uh, so he ends up, he's still next year, $25 million. And then in year two, it comes back to 23, which adds up to the it two years. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I mean... You know, I mean, we're talking when we're talking in the millions, I would take it gleefully, but look, $25 million. So again, you talk about, would he be a $20 million player? I don't think many people would have predicted he would be earning 25 next year. I still think based on the production we saw last year, that is a totally fine number because he lived up to that last season. There's no question, but uh, that number is higher. At that point in time, the Bucks probably understood with the way that the roster was going 
well, look, what are we going to do? Are we going to cheap out on Brook Lopez for a couple of million dollars to try and sign a player that might not be an impact player anyway? Or do we just say, okay, Brook, you've earned it. You've been playing for absolute bargain basement deals for a number of years now for the Bucks. Tell us what we need to do. We'll give you the money because we need you back. And honestly, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with it too because like if if you say that that number's too high, like I think for the sake I, of what five million, like I mean, what's the point? Right. I, I think you you kind of when you got Chris to come back, and it, it's going to sound worse than it's intended to be, but you painted yourself into a corner that when Chris took a pay cut and did you that solid of you know my base salary for this upcoming year is just under twenty nine million. Um, you painted yourself into the corner where it was, we got to keep Brooke. And I'd be curious to see what the figure was that was actually offered to Brooke by the Houston Rockets to see what he potentially turned down there. Um, because, you know, when Chris resigned the, the number and, and every GM will have this, well, we can't go over this. That number's too high. Once Chris resigns, the we can't go past this number had to have been like thirty five million at that point because if you let Brooke walk, you're basically shutting the door on saying we're right up there with the Celtics or or whoever you want to put in the Eastern Conference. Maybe you can get through, but it's not like you're going into the season and saying we got the same group, we got a new coach, we got Brooke that changes everything defensively. We feel like we're the best team in the East, or at least one of the best teams in the East. His absence changes a lot of that. I mean, number one, who's your center? We saw they eventually brought in Robin, but Robin Lopez, I mean, you can't just swap him out for Brooke and not miss a beat. Maybe it means more more minutes at center for Giannis, and maybe that's something that's going to work under Adrian Griffin, but I think as, as we've detailed quite a bit, I don't mind it, but I think that's something you save for the playoffs. So it just turns to, well, where do you go from here? And it wasn't really a great center market. of you taking a flyer on Mo Bamba and hoping that all of a sudden, Mo Bamba is the guy that you hoped he'd be five years ago. So that was kind of the predicament the Bucks were in. But you mentioned a couple of names. And I really think it was uh, it was Vucevic that you look back at what Chicago did in this offseason, not only stealing Javon Carter, um, but the Nikola Vucevic offer as well is, is what maybe really planted everything for Brooke Lopez. Thank you. If you're going to pay him $20 million, I'm much better than Nikola Vucevic. So I know I'm getting a lot more than that. And the the last thing, not to get too long-winded here, but I don't have a problem with any of it for Brooke, as, as we've talked about his value. But, you know, I've seen not a lot, but I've seen some people point to, well, what about the injury risks and, and the age for Brooke that this could look like a bad contract? I just don't see how because it's just two years. If this was a four-year deal, sure. But with two years, I mean, even if things go south very quickly for Brooke, it's an expiring deal next year. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't understand that viewpoint at all. I think at that point, um, and there will be some people, and we, we see them and they comment, and I always say it. Everyone obviously has their own opinion on what this team should do, but to me, you're just wanting change for the sake of change and bringing in a guy that, that is going to... We really don't know. Like You mentioned a couple of names there, but you don't know how they're going to fit. They haven't proven it. Brook Lopez has done it. Last year, we said he had the best uh, season of his career. And to me, again, I it's... I don't know. I mean, it's not for me to say like what players deserve or whatever, but he's been playing for cheap. He's been playing for so cheap. He's given so much for this team. Like it's hard for me to look at Brook Lopez and say, this man didn't deserve a significant pay rise. And when it came to a a tiny little slice of of salary that the Bucks might have had 
after three days of free agency where all the main players were already gone, it didn't matter at that point to me. No, and it, I mean his first his first deal with the Bucks was was that the room exception? It was what like four million three million dollars that he was Thank making. Like so he's, he's he's been underpaid, but you know the the last thing, the very interesting thing is we talked about this just a little bit going into free agency of your initial thoughts of what it was going to look like, and then as it got closer, like well, I'm not sure. I I wonder if we've miscalculated this, and I I think the most interesting thing to me is something we briefly touched on the what if, and it did happen where I just continue to question this CBA and the, and the players signing off on this, because we have seen an influx of guys and the bucks benefited with one of them, but guys that you would think he should not be on the minimum taking minimum deals. And I think that's going to be one of the big outliners here in this new CBA is it's set up to pay stars and then a lot of minimums. So it's it's kind of killed those mid-tier contracts, certainly with the taxpayer mid-level shrinking. But you're seeing a lot of guys take minimums now. And I think that kind of played into the rest of it, too, of, well, if if you could have got Brooke for, say, $20 million, as, as you pointed to, you could keep those two, Jay Crowder, and use the taxpayer mid-level. But at this point, who was taking it? We saw guys were gone quickly, and, and those were guys taking the minimum. If you look at restricted guys, and you could have that pipe dream of, man, Matisse Tybel, he would give you a wing defender. Well, you're not getting Matisse Tybel for the taxpayer mid-level, and these are all guys that were restricted that it would have been an easy decision of, yeah, we're going to match this contract. Yes, good day for Australia today, Matisse Tybel, $11 million per year for three years, a nice little deal uh, for him to stay in Portland as a restricted free agent, as you pointed to. But AJ Green, that's who we need to talk about next on this show. I know that there are a lot of Bucks fans that are excited about AJ Green, particularly the shooting. So we're going to talk about him next and then uh, discuss some of the names to watch in Summer League for the Milwaukee Bucks. But first, our sponsor of today's show is BetterHelp. You've heard me talk about BetterHelp before. And sometimes in life, uh, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. Because sometimes uh, we can't do it all ourselves, Justin, even though we try to. I certainly do. So trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's extremely online. Uh, entirely online which is exactly what you need it makes it easy you don't need to worry about like I, I said this before but you don't need to worry about bumping into people or you know awkward interactions you're in the comfort of your own home so you're able to to ease into it a little bit more it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule so let therapy be your map with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on nba today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Justin, we're going to continue to roll. And like I said, podcast tomorrow, post-game, Summer League, Bucks and Nets, 6 p.m. Central Time. I don't know where you watch the game. I'll be watching it on League Pass, but Summer League, uh, maybe it's ESPN, maybe it's NBA TV. You'll be able to find it somewhere. NBA TV, lovely. Uh, Bucks and Nets, and hopefully uh, the Bucks start an undefeated run uh, right through Las Vegas there. We all get excited about that. So make sure you check out Locked on Bucks tomorrow. Subscribe and uh, turn the notifications on, and you'll know exactly as soon as the show drops, and you'll be able to hear about big performances from some of the young players on this Bucks roster that we're going to discuss in just a little bit. Uh, but first, uh, some other news today. We'll get to AJ Green, but Zora Stevenson moving on. Uh, obviously, has done great work with the Bucks, Justin. But also, perhaps more importantly, this is an incredibly nice person. A great person. Always loved uh, catching up with her, speaking to her, having uh, Zora on this show as well. So we want to mention that because it sucks a little bit for people like me that are watching these games from a distance and you've got Zora on the screen all the time and bringing great insights. So I was like happy for Zora. Also a little bit sad for the Bucks broadcast moving forward. I wasn't sure where you were headed with that. Of obviously great, but it's like, oh, this is this is taking a turn. But no, uh, <laughs> world class at the job that she did, um, yeah. and obviously as a person as well as as you mentioned, what four years? I believe it was the second year in the Bud era that that she came to Milwaukee, and uh, we both got a chance to know her very early on, and um, just you know, had nothing but but good things to say about uh, Zora and. The work she did, but uh, her as a person and everything she did here in the community as well. So I know she's going on to uh, something bigger and um, whatever that is, when she does announce it, they're getting a, uh, a star and I can't wait to see what she does. Yeah, no doubt. All the best, Steve-O. And if you think that that means that I'm not going to be still hassling you to chat from time to time, you are absolutely wrong. But AJ Green is the conversation today. Uh, this was tweeted out by Sham Sharania of The Athletic. AJ Green has agreed to a multi-year contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, first year fully guaranteed. Uh, this is interesting because we've discussed him a lot. I certainly mentioned on the show yesterday the idea that now there is three two-way guys that you can potentially use. Uh, AJ Green last season actually appeared in a fair few NBA games, certainly far more than I would have predicted at the start of the season. And I've been on the record asking the question at the start of last season. I said I was definitely wrong. I was like, I'm not sure if there's someone with with higher upside that you can use in that two-way spot. So I was wrong about AJ Green. But overall, 44 for 105 from three, 42%. Interestingly enough, as I was pouring through the numbers and I could picture it in my head, AJ Green standing a few feet behind the three-point line and just absolutely lets it rip. 83 of his 105 attempts came from above the break, which is fascinating. Not too many corner threes. A lot of the times he was really spacing the floor. He's obviously got beyond NBA range. 81 of the 105 were catch and shoot, though. So, look, clearly a dynamite shooter. Certainly to this point, from what we've seen, is a limited player elsewhere, but absolutely got an NBA skill and a very important one in being able to shoot the ball were you surprised by this? Or what, what do you think overall about locking in AJ Green to the main roster spot? Firstly, I should say I'm 
it's it's great news for him. And, and I do think it's deserved because he had a good season. It is deserved. And uh, we're very aligned in that when they did sign him to that two-way contract, I was kind of of the same thought of, I don't know if this is, you know, I had a certain type of, of player in mind of this is what you should use the two-way on to develop a guy that is maybe more well-rounded and a two-way player that you, you can find something and crack the rotation. But uh, once we got to what, probably January, and you mentioned the surprising amount of appearances that he had. And, and once we kind of got to January-ish is when it really popped and stood out of, you know, he can really shoot and he seems really comfortable out there. And he maybe yeah, he maybe more than anybody really benefited from the, the let it fly philosophy on the roster uh, a year ago. So that was uh, that was impressive. And look, um, we talk often about teams like the Heat and the Raptors when you talk about developing these young guys and f- where did they find this guy out of nowhere that was undrafted or a second rounder and they got something from him. There's a chance you could do the same here. And what those teams do is, you know, it's easy to look at the guys like Haywood Highsmith and uh, and say, well, this is a two-way guy, and this is a guy that can give you something defensively. But the, the thing that stands out the most is both of those franchises, if you have one skill set that it maybe is elite, maybe it's not elite, it's just your strength, they develop that and say, look, this is what's going to get you on the floor. We'll find ways to keep you on the floor, whether that's the lineups that we put you in or maybe we work on some of those other aspects. But as long as you got this one thing, we can work with you. And there's no denying he has that one thing in the form of shooting. So um, I was very encouraged by what we saw from him a season ago. And especially with a guy that has the reputation of doing quite a bit in player development, I'm very excited to see what develops for AJ Green under Adrian Griffin. Okay. But where is his spot in the rotation? Because I've been mentioned in the depth chart the last couple of days. So I want to ask you that next and quickly run through that again, because I don't think regardless of whether the signing is deserved and and you know, maybe based on what we saw, not a huge surprise, I still think there's a significant question on this roster, so I want to get to that next. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. A.J. Green as a guaranteed roster spot for this year. And I've mentioned this a number of times, but we just ran through it again. And and look, the backup point guard spot, we're all looking at it and we're wondering if the Bucks are going to add another ball handler. We're now at the point where it, it's got to be a trade. If it's going to happen, that's that's basically the way this is most likely going to work out. I saw a couple of people in the YouTube comments and I've seen a little bit on Twitter, people mentioning you know, Mike Conley and hey, if that happens, 
sign me up. If you don't have to trade anyone and you can make room and there's some buyout situation and he wants to come play in Milwaukee, I'm down with that. Because you're not you're not asking for Mike, you're not asking for prime Mike Conley. You're asking for a guy that can play 10 to 15 minutes a night during the regular season, plug gaps when necessary, and maybe play 10 minutes in a in a postseason game. So yeah, I'd be very excited by that. But I think people are aiming higher. The name that keeps on getting mentioned is Colin Sexton. I'm just saying it because I just see it every time I go on Twitter. But I still look at the guard rotation now and include AJ Green, and people might uh, disagree here. But Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, uh, Malik Beasley, almost said Michael, Marjan Bochamp, and AJ Green. So that, and I don't know if you want to put anyone else in the, in the guard rotation there, but th- that's six guys to me. And there's one of them. One of those guys, you can put the ball in his hands and run a half-court offense. So the Bucks are essentially now, if the NASA signs again, and depending on what they do with the rookies, they could, in theory, be at 15 guys already. So it's still out of whack to me. And and again, I'm just, I've got no doubt that there's something cooking. We'll see whether anything eventuates here in the next little bit. I, um, well, I have no doubt they are, um, cooking something as well just for the pure sake of necessity as he ran through the roster there i mean what, what are the op we've seen thanasis run the point with the, with the second unit and when uh, thanasis has been on the the floor at times so uh he could be it but uh look it, you you go back to last year too when it's easy and i think a lot of it is because this franchise as we've detailed quite a bit has really um struggled with developing young guys so when you do and and part of that is just the dearth of draft picks that they've had through the years so when you do get a young player we kind of latch on to it like all right this is the guy you're going to develop and you go back to last year with Marjan Bochamp and again there is reason to be optimistic about Marjan but I think a lot of fans got way in front of themselves with the Marjan Bochamp hype last year and I've already seen some of it with the Andre Jackson as well. Well, maybe he's your backup point guard and it's, it's a second round pick. Maybe he can contribute, but you, you got to come along slowly here. So uh, I agree that it, it is the elephant in the room. When you look at the roster and you say, okay, this guy lines up behind him and him and, and you get to the two threes and fours and you see a long list of names in the depth chart. And then you looked at center until you signed Robin and you looked at the point guard and you just saw one in each of those. So it would seem to indicate there is something that is going to be in the works here. Um, We've all heard the name, as you mentioned, Colin Sexton. I don't know how realistic it is. I know we all want Colin Sexton for a number of reasons. Like he can run an offense, especially be that second unit guy. That can be a combo guard and I think would fit nicely on the floor with Drew Holiday and then off the floor, relieving him as well. Um, But look, the other part of it, I've seen the fake trades. You've seen them all. We've seen the quote unquote reports out there. Uh, The one thing that I keep coming back to is, okay, talk me through why Utah would be interested in this trade because a lot of it hinges on where is Utah headed this year? Are they saying we're going to try to win when they didn't want to do it last year, but they were kind of a year ahead of schedule. Or do they look at it and say, yeah, last year we kind of jumped the process a little. Maybe we should take a step backward. And if that's the case, what would you know be going out from the Bucks? It's probably not what Utah is looking for. So that's a big thing to look at. 
I don't know if it's going to be Colin Sexton, but I am 80% certain we're going to see some type of trade probably with two of those names too when we talk about those roster crunches because you mentioned 15, assuming there's a, a Thanasis signing. I think we've seen through the years as well. They like to have that flexibility to, to keep that roster not set going into the season. So that would seem to indicate you got a deal for a point guard. And I would assume you want to go into the season at 14. So it's probably going to be some type of two for one deal. Yeah, we will see. Uh, I think the other reason why, and I don't, the Bucks don't need a backup point guard to win a whole crap load of games in the regular season. Like it's not going to matter. But I think the reason why I've pivoted to, well, a trade is at least more intriguing is because the chances of getting actually a, a real player. There's no one uh, out obviously, there Obviously, they're more significant via trade. I, I, I don't get excited about the guys a week into free agency regardless. You know, I wasn't that excited about at the start of free agency, particularly when you're talking about minimum deals. So that's why the trade is at least a little bit more enticing. We've gone through a bunch of names all week long and we'll continue to wait and see but if you were just looking at the roster that's what the roster balance tells you that there is a a spot there for a ball handler on this team they've absolutely got enough guys to cover it so is does it have to be immediate no i I don't think so and there's no guarantee that it would happen um before the start of the season but uh, based on what we've seen in in previous history they'll be they'll be keeping an eye out they'll at least be making some inquiries we would believe uh we've got a couple minutes here justin so summer league Players to watch. Look, they're probably going to be the same for everyone. With Bochamp, AJ Green, Hugo Besson, Chris Livingston, Andre Jackson Jr., and Amari Moore as well. Like Those are the names that we're going to look at and we're going to say, okay, this, does this mean something? Maybe Hugo Besson a little less, but uh, does this matter for this team this year? Are, are they guys that can take a step? Adrian Griffin coaching. I've seen a few people a little bit surprised, but hey, he's just walked in the door. He wants to put his fingerprints on these young guys and certainly keep them accountable and probably try some things out in summer league. So that makes sense to me. Let me just ask you this one question before we get out of here. Marjan Bochant. Summer league is weird. Summer league, it's not advised to get too excited about historically. But what do you want to say? Uh, well, first and foremost, I, I want to see how big he is because the Bucks have him listed at six foot seven, but I've seen the reports that he's a seven footer now. So clearly <laughs> those are not. Um, I mean, I just don't want to, you just don't want to see him look bad because to your point, it's, well, it's summer league. So, I mean, it, there's, I think you, you, you can only come away with a negative where maybe you look at it and you say, Hey, he looked better than I thought. That's where you want to be. If it's yeah. man, remember that brutal summer league that he had, that's that's never a good starting spot or a launching point in this case for Marjan Bochamp. So he, he he just can't look like he regressed from granted limited, but from the minutes that we saw and, and some of the things I, I think that surprised us in what we saw from Marjan specifically offensively last year. So uh, this is, you know, summer league number two for him and he got some taste of the NBA and rotational minutes a season ago. So the big thing is he should look like a guy that belongs and like he's the veteran out there when he's on the floor with that group, especially the young guys that, uh, that he's out there with. So that's what I'd look for, for Marjan, the rest of the guys, you know, you mentioned all the names, the young guys from this year. And I I've seen this um, is shared by a lot of people. Now, obviously you like what you saw in the highlights from Andre Jackson. And you love the fact that he's a bigger wing player as well, which we said, man, the bucks just need more size on the wing. And now all of a sudden they just bring in all these guys within the span of a, a, what, two years here. 
Um, but for me, of the guys that the Bucks brought in this year, the guy that I'm most intrigued with is Omari Moore. So of this year's players, that's who I really am going to be uh, very interested to see in, in what he brings. Drew Timmy in the name that uh, name recognition that he brings as well. Maybe you have something there in an offensive player that you can develop. That'll be interesting to monitor. Lindell Wigginton, when we talked about the point guard situation, we didn't mention him. I mean, maybe Lindell Wigginton just ends up being the backup point guard, at least on an interim basis. And then, um, you know, some of the other names too, like Alan Griffin, Adrian Sun is going to be on the team. And uh, even some other guys, Nico Mannion, who I'm very partial to as an Arizona Wildcats fan, but spent some time with the Warriors G League team a season ago. Obviously there's Taco Fall. So this year, more than any year that I remember, other than, uh, what, five, six years ago when you had more draft picks to look forward to. This year, is it, there's a number of guys out there, not just your young draft picks, but guys that have been in the G League for a couple of years, and even for a brief moment, we thought Jabari Parker. So uh, this iteration of the Summer League team seems to have a little bit for everyone. Yes, 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 the young stars, uh, including young Jabari. But uh, that was actually a shame. That was uh, family reasons, I believe, or personal reasons that he wasn't able to play. It would have been at least I don't know, some sort of nostalgia there uh, to see Jabari. But I, when they did drop the roster, all, all the guys were uh, three-year pros or or fewer. And then Jabari, obviously the eight- or nine-year guy there, it was a, it definitely stood out. But cool if the Bucks are just like, hey, you want to have a run? We'll give you a spot. Um, anyway, it didn't work out. So that's a bit of a shame there. But uh, just uh, last one for me. So the, the Bochamp stuff, uh, you pointed to it. Because when he's playing with the Bucks, he's shooting a lot of threes, and we're focusing on is he knocking down shots? Uh, he can be disruptive defensively. We at least saw a little bit of that. But you know, to me, at summer league, playing with guys that are around his experience level, around his age, I want to see if there's do, any physicality. More. Yeah, get downhill, play in con- in control, get to the free throw line a little bit or finish over or around guys. Like, that's that's what I'm looking for for him as a scorer because he should be one of the lead guys on this team. He's a first-round draft pick last year. He's played some NBA basketball. So I think that's it uh, for, you know, I mean, you mentioned the size, but the, the physical size, the strength yeah. of him, I'm curious to see uh, what kind of shape he's in. Obviously, it looks like from social media, he's been working out pretty hard, as we would imagine. I don't think work ethic has ever been a question mark with uh, Marjan Bochamp. So that's what I'm looking at uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, we've got some reasons to be uh, overly optimistic uh, by this time tomorrow when we do a post-game podcast. We are going to be here. Uh, Frank, I believe, has said that he's good to go. and We'll be breaking down everything from Summer League, and let's hope they play well, because if not, he's going to be pretty upset and uh, hopefully not uh, too down in the dumps about Summer League basketball in general. But uh, we look forward to that. Let us know about today. Your thoughts on AJ Green, where the roster is at again. The Middleton and Brooke Lopez contract details as well. So it was another fun show. Hard to believe we are in July, but there is just news literally every single day about the Bucks, which is making me very, very, very happy as the host of this daily show. But for Justin and myself, we'll leave it there. Enjoy the weekend and check back in with us tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.